0: So if it's good enough for JR, it's good enough for us.
1: Hello and welcome everybody to the Geekscape Games Podcast. This is level 15, Club Nintendo. 2008 to 2015. I am your leader in general, a very stressed leader in general of the Geekscape Games podcast, Shane O'Hare. Um, to my immediate right, uh, immediate east, in the small little town of Nanaimo on Vancouver Island is the Illuminating Derek Crannevelt. I brought Illuminating back.
2: Good evening. Good evening. Good, Good evening. evening. How are you doing, sir? I'm uh, beautiful. I'm, I'm illustrious. <laughs> everything's, everything's great.
1: <laughs> um, a little bit south from there in the uh, dangerous Los Angeles area is Josh Jackson. How
0: are you doing? I'm good. I mean, dangerous is right because I literally have an opera singer who might kill me any night now. <laughs> and I hear a helicopter, so they're looking for the opera singer and the bodies. Oh, uh, yeah. Either that or they're working with him and they're looking for a space to hide me afterwards. <laughs> um, and a little bit further south... Uh, is the
1: handsome and quite, uh, quite, um, strong, uh, Juan Carlos, how are you doing?
3: Uh, good. Um, I get strong by pushing the record button on my laptop.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Again, we're, we're testing out new recording, um, stuff. So please bear with us. Um, we're going to be getting a, a mixer, but we're trying out some new stuff. So, um. Uh, we got double recordings going tonight, so if uh, we won't have a quality issue like last time. Well, let's get into it, guys. Um, as the title of the episode says, Club Nintendo is being shut down. Nintendo is officially um, stopping the service of Club Nintendo. And Derek, uh, you broke the story on our
2: website, so why don't you tell the lovely listeners? Um, <clears throat> well, Club Nintendo is shutting down, as you said, and it was super sad for me because... I still wasn't over the fact that I might not be able to get Rosalina, uh, which isn't Nintendo's fault, but uh, still upsetting. Um, so that,
1: that story is still so funny. It's like, oh, no, everyone's losing their jobs. But what about Rosalina? <laughs>
2: oh, I didn't even think about the jobs until hours later, which is why, and I've just felt like such a shitty person ever since then. Apparently, I didn't realize I was a shitty person until that moment. Um, but now I know, So, and knowing is half the battle. <laughs> the other half is lasers um yeah so club nintendo announced they're shutting down worldwide uh they released the news to like european europe and stuff uh first but then it quickly followed suit here um you know and it did they did say that they are literally shutting it down so that they can focus on bringing out a new loyalty program so it's you know there's a silver lining in there but uh yeah, they basically said, we launched Club Nintendo six years ago in North America, and we're grateful for all of the feedback that our members have provided on your experiences with our products. Because, of course, when you register a product, you do a survey about it. That's what gets you the coins. It helps Nintendo realize what the hell their consumers want or pretend they pretend to understand, anyways, um, as we talked about a little bit last week. But, yeah, I was going to uh, say, apparently not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, in order to focus on planning for a new loyalty program for our fans, we decided to wind down the Club Nintendo program. We're deeply thankful to our members for being a part of Club Nintendo for all of these years. So, starting on January twentieth, and everything released after January twentieth will not have Club Nintendo slot uh, slip sl- 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 ah, piece of paper uh, <laughs> in them. It's been a long day. Okay, uh, March. 30, Tell me about it. March thirty first is the final day that you can. Uh, register for a Club Nintendo account. Um, sorry, the March 31st is the last day to earn coins so that you have to have all of your stuff registered by March 31st. Um, and then June 30th is the last day to redeem any coins because the program shuts down at 1159 Eastern time. I mean, Pacific time. Um, and that. At that point, all accounts are deleted, all coins are deleted, they will not transfer over to whatever and wherever and whenever the new program comes out so that it's gone. So if you have coins or you have stuff that you've been waiting to register, register it because you're running out of time. And there's not a lot on the Club Nintendo right now to redeem for, but Nintendo did say that in the next few weeks they will release a bunch of down- new downloadable games and uh, some physical products as well. So
1: Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm um, uh, i just trying to see when... Um... Uh, when I actually registered but I believe I, I the moment cuz I always saw about all the cool badass shit that um people were getting um
2: all the stuff that disappears in like 30 seconds somehow
1: well no not like uh, back before it was even around uh, oh. the stuff that you get in, in from Japan oh, uh, yeah. it, it was just like like fuck yeah and I'm just looking through we're trying to see when I um when I uh, got my account but I believe I got it the moment it came to America which you know um it's it's um one of those bittersweet things uh did, did did they ever like explain why they wanted to get rid of it like josh now in the in the pre-show you were saying that um there's a lot of people that were stealing uh codes
0: oh um well i don't think i was saying it in the beginning but yeah people were stealing codes which is part of the reason why they put them in they started putting them on the inside of the box art instead of as a slip on the side because people would well how we talked about in previous shows GameStop has this horrible habit of putting live boxes out and just taking the game out and most stores wouldn't take the codes out even though a few of them would so then people would just go and raid the empty boxes um so i mean that, um. could, that could be part of it um but i think mostly i feel like you know we're, we're all just finding out that club nintendo's dead but i think nintendo's considered club nintendo dead for the last two years because i mean compared to when they first started they just completely have kind like as soon as they started releasing digital games it feels like it just kind of became an afterthought for them. And a lot of the cool prizes that kept people coming during the first three or four years just slowly started to just dis- started to disappear to yeah. the point where last year, their big, um, platinum reward for the people who reached the highest tier of loyalty within that year had the choice of downloadable games, most of which most of them already had to be able to qualify to begin with. So really, yeah, yeah cause, I it mean, was, it was this huge kind of thing. Yeah. It was this huge thing where. You know, every previous year, it's like, and the rewards, for the most part, got, pr- um, you know, progressively worse. I guess you could say because the first year was the choice between a a plush Mario hat and a exclusive download for Doc Lewis Punch Out, which is a game that still is never sold outside of the platinum reward. What? Um, what,
1: no, what, what? What? What is that
0: game? I I have never heard of it. It's it's basically the Wii. Um, reboot of punch out, but it has an exclusive fight where you're fighting against his trainer in an empty, um, in an empty boxing arena, kind of like the whole Rocky th- end of Rocky two, or I mean, oh. end of Rocky three thing. Okay. And it just got, pr- uh, it had three stages where you fought his trainer and, he- and each stage got progressively harder. So it was kind of just like a bonus stage that only club Nintendo platinum members could access oh, okay. if you chose, if you chose that gift. And then I think the year after that, they gave a full-fledged Mario, Super Mario Brothers statuette that had really? all of the characters kind of so, standing around it.
1: So, um, um, we've all gotten something from Club Nintendo. What's, um, Josh, what's your favorite thing that you've gotten from them?
0: Um, aside from the Doc Lewis Punch-Out, since, since that, like I said, that was the only way to ever obtain it, I would probably say the Luigi's Mansion statue, which is probably the last big gift that they gave. At this point, was maybe about a year, or t- a year or two ago now. Let me see but, if I can pull it up. But yeah, it was really expensive, coin wise, and luckily I happened to have like just the right amount laying in my account. But they were only up for a couple hours, and I happened to catch it right when I think one of my friends shared it on Facebook, and I caught one before they disappeared. And it's just really cool looking. Fifteen hundred coins. Yeah, it is. It is cool looking. It's like with Luigi being scared with his vacuum, and one of the ghosts from the new three DS version is like standing behind him in front of like a bookcase, and the little polter what was his name polter pup the dog i think is at his feet so yeah i mean that was that was like the last big thing they've given but it was probably one of the best ones and definitely my favorite statue that i got from them either that or the washcloths
2: washcloths like what mario washcloths gross (laughs) yeah Um, i i kind of jumped into the clone nintendo thing a bit late so I think the coolest thing that I got—I mean, I have like a T-shirt coming right now—but the coolest thing I got was probably they had this sweet, um, exclusive uh, 3DS pouch. That's Wonder what Point. I
1: got. I got a I got a blue one, blue and gray one.
2: Mine was a—they had one like it was like shaped like a Mario hat, and it had like the Mario M and stuff on it. It just looked oh, cool. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah! I just got the little drawstring one.
2: Oh yeah, no, I never, I didn't get that one. But then it sucked because it's like a month after I got it, I decided i wanted an xl and it didn't fit the xl so i just i just got rid of it when i sold my 3ds you put your weed in there uh
1: (laughs) 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 nothing nothing
2: i I got nothing i got nothing
1: (laughs) grinding halt um Juan, uh what did uh you know uh, before we wrap it up (laughs) well before we wrapped it up what uh what's your favorite thing that you've gotten from club nintendo uh,
3: there's a number of things I've got. Uh, the Hanafunda car- cards, I can't even pronounce the word right. But I'll say one of the, my uh, favorite things that I have, it wasn't even that expensive, which I thought was a great deal, was that Starman uh, tote bag, the, um, which was released about two and a half, three years ago. And the, the reason why I, I love it so much, because when the Street Pass group started to arise around the country, uh, it became a staple for a lot of the people who went to those Street Pass meetups. And uh, Josh could probably attest to this too. Yeah, but, everyone had either had that bag or the Pikmin one. Yeah. So, but you you would see the that bag everywhere, every Street Pass. Everybody had their AC adapter, their 3DS in there, a couple games. Like it came out at the perfect time, and uh, it, it was it was uh, one of those things that if you were not sure if you were at the right place, you would just have to look for that bag, and that became like the unofficial item for Street Pass meetups. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, it, it was really sad. Uh, to see it go. I can understand why, but I, I'm i hoping that the next loyalty program is some kind of extension of the digital uh, rewards program that Nintendo has extended, actually. They were supposed to end it last December, but they decided to push it a couple of more months um, to get people to redeem their, their points for all the purchases they've made. So hopefully we get that. Cool. Cool.
1: Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's sad to see it go, but um, obviously... There had been, but Nintendo seems to make like really weird, random decisions. Um Like the uh, let's never forget the the infamous uh, Wii that was released only in Canada that had like none, didn't have Wi-Fi. It had like didn't have <laughs> the a, Wii a, Mini. A sl- they
2: still sell it. They
1: still sell the Wii it's Mini. Still here, <laughs> yeah. It comes
2: with it's like a tiny little Wii. Uh It just comes with like. I think it comes with the remote and nunchuck, but yeah, it doesn't have, it doesn't even have Ethernet, so there's literally no way to connect it to a network to watch Netflix on it or anything. Um, yeah, that's that's
0: that's hilarious.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I got um, I, think they I did. thought it was just Amazon Fire Stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think they did eventually release it here because I saw it at Best Buy oh, really? still like a few weeks ago. Yeah, they still sell it here. Yeah, It's ridiculous. It, it, it was stupid that they released it to begin with because they sold it. They released it, what, like six months after the Wii U launched and <laughs> yeah, are essentially yeah. competing with themselves at that point?
2: Yeah, when especially at the point and, when no one, you know, the general public thought the Wii U was like a c- new controller for their Wii yeah, or like...
0: Right? Yeah. And it wasn't even just the general public. One of my friends who's not as big into games as I am, but he still has followed games for as long as I've known him. He okay. thought I had to sit, literally sit down for like 45 minutes and explain to him that the Wii U is a, con- is a console. And that
3: was <laughs> that so wasn't funny, even
0: huh? when it, that wasn't even when it first launched. That was maybe like 6 months ago. Oh wow. 6 months ago? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um I hold on, I'm just trying to pull up uh the Geekscape Games Twitter, uh, making sure we didn't get any um late um uh, late-breaking uh, responses to our um, mission objective. Wait, what I just Shane, say, we on Twitter now? Yeah, we are on Twitter. Geekscape Games is on Twitter, at Geekscape Games, all spelled out. Again, um, mad props uh, to uh, Jeremy Shepard. Thank you. We really appreciate the support. You are one amazing guy, so he snagged that for us. Um, and, yeah, so if you want to make sure that uh, any, if you want to get entered in any of our contests or anything, you can just tweet us right there. Um and we
3: all watch it. So I yeah. say we, uh, Jeremy Shepard should be the Geekscape Games podcast unofficial official friend of the show.
1: Yes, yes, I and I agree with that. He is the uh, official or unofficial official friend of the show. Um, because he's been um he's been great to uh, have dialogue with. Um, he's a good guy, good guy. Um, so speaking about good guys uh, and bad guys, Borderland Two. And Borderlands, the pre-sequel, are getting a next, no, not Jackson, current-gen
2: HD remake, sort of? You know what's, uh, before we talk about that, I I was listening to this week's episode of the main Geekscape show today, mm-hmm. and, uh, it was just hilarious, you know, because we're always making fun of you and your terrible segues and, and everything like that, which, kind of, that one was a terrible segue. I'm sorry to say, but, ah! you know, <laughs> I gotta be honest, uh, <laughs> but uh we were it was so funny like at some point early on in this week's geekscape they were talking about segues and uh and uh ben was like how uh how are you gonna segue out of this one and like jonathan was like i already fucking had something prepared because i have skills and it was just super funny (laughs) and it made me think of you I, I need to
1: prepare segues. All right, so there's more show prep that's going yeah, into and, it. Well,
2: when he said that, I was like, "How's he gonna get? How's he gonna like move this into something relevant to uh, to Robert Peterson, who was the guest this week?" And, and yeah, I he didn't did get it. To finish it. Did I didn't it.
1: finish the show yet, so I gotta listen. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so anyway, um, again, uh, Derek, tell us about this Borderlands. Age. This seems to this console generation seems to be all about. Oh, it, it is. HD remakes, which yeah. which it's so... Well, it's so... not really an
2: HD remake because they were in HD originally because now we're remaking PS3 games and Xbox 360 games. So and they it, were already HD, so now it's like slightly more HD. Was versions. it
1: 1080p? Was it 1080
2: No, I, I don't think so. And but yeah, it I is think, now. I
0: mean, at this point, it's like the pre-sequel breaks the Last of Us record of...
2: Oh, yeah, the pre-sequel becoming... is now the fastest, I think, to get a... An HD remake, because what that came out, what, like six months ago? I think August or September. Yeah, yeah. Um That's ridiculous. And I'm, not, I'm definitely not surprised that they brought it there, because that was, you know, this was obviously well into the Xbox One and the PS4's life cycle, and, you know, you're still releasing a new game on the, the old consoles, but yeah. the people on the current consoles can't play it, like, you had to know something was up. But anyways, yeah, yeah they announced it's called borderlands uh the handsome collection so it comes with remastered versions of borderlands 2 and borderlands the pre-sequel uh for ps4 and xbox one um yeah they they have you know better graphics smoother frame rate the one of the most interesting things is that they added uh four player split screen co-op to both versions of them wow because really okay. cool that's yeah you know that's when borderland like borderlands playing it by yourself it's not very much fun Absolutely uh, not. It's boring as shit when you're by yourself. But when you're playing it with friends, like, you cannot stop. Or at least I couldn't stop as long. It, it was a game that I, I discovered pretty late on. Like, I probably played it for the first time this summer. Um, you know, after I had multiple friends that were like, oh, Borderlands is great. Borderlands is great. And I just ignored them for, like, 100 years. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I ended up playing it like at a LAN party and I was like, oh, this is what this game's about. And then like the next day I, when I was by myself with my laptop, I like opened it up and I played it for like 15 minutes and I was like, oh, this is not any fun when you're on your own. <laughs> um, but for like months following, like every week I got together with some friends and we played, you know, we played uh like on LAN and then I ignored it the rest of the time because it's a great co-op game. But so for them to be able to add four player split screen co-op is great because it means even, you know, Again, it gets you on the same couch as your friends rather than, you know, in a different room or across the city or whatever or across the world. Um, It gets you in the same room, which is really the best way to play multiplayer. So that's cool, though it's still I, I feel and I've talked about it on the show before aside really aside from the Wii U. There's not a lot of games that make it worth owning more than one controller for the Xbox 1 and the PS4. Like you got Diablo 3 which is great co- great local co-op. You got yeah, Halo the Master Chief collection only, on Xbox I've, 1.
1: I've only played Diablo um uh, if I'm doing local co-op, it's with um my buddies. Got his and we're both up hook up doing a land party on two different uh, PlayStations or doing it online. I think I think we did it couch co-op once, but then he turned. He's like, "Oh, it's really fun on the PlayStation," so he went out and bought it himself. So
2: yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's super like that one. had super good couch co-op. But I mean, like, the, there's so few local multiplayer games that are worth doing local multiplayer on that it's like it's hard to justify 50 or 60 bucks for a controller but and see i thought
1: i thought that ps4 controllers were a 100 bucks a pop oh, why would you think no. that i i thought they i thought they were like when they like first got announced they were like oh yeah the touchpad it's gonna be like a hundred dollars because no. of all
2: the technology it's not obviously duh <laughs> but yeah <laughs> anyway so it hits uh you know it's price of a regular game so like 59.99 or whatever they're 69.99 in canada uh there are two editions, so they got the regular edition, um, and it's something called the uh, it, it's called the Claptrap in a Box edition.
1: This looks really fucking cool. It um, does.
2: They they also released a video today, uh, so let me explain it first. So, five thousand units worldwide. The Claptrap trap, tra- Claptrap in a Box edition includes a remote controlled Claptrap robot that looks just like the in game character. Um, so he's designed in detail just to look like Claptrap, and you can control him from your iOS or Android device. Um, with a, they're releasing an app to, uh, control it. So it features gyro technology to balance on one wheel. So it legitimately just has one wheel that it moves on, uh, it has voice samples that can be activated on command and it has an actual working camera in his eye. So on your phone, when you're controlling him, you'll see what he sees. Um, it includes a bunch of other stuff too. You've got 12 exclusive lithographs as well as a collectible steel case. It's going to be $399. So obviously it's going to be just for real big fans of the series. Um, I yeah, might, j- the-
1: I might just get it just for the fucking
2: claptrap. Yeah. They graph. released a video of it like moving today and it looks super cool. It's very cool. Um, so the, yeah, the, the handsome edition, it's going to hit the U S and Canada in March on March 24th and everywhere else, March 27th. So, Cool, so, cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Um, but yeah, that Claptrap is super cool. When I, yeah. I mean, and They're going to sell it fast, so if you're looking for, if you want that edition, you bu- you got to pre-order it like, as soon as possible. Yeah,
0: like when I first saw it, I was so tempted to get it, and then I remembered that I have no space for the stuff I have as it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Juan, are uh, you big Borderlands fan? Are yeah, you thinking about dropping down 400 bucks for a, a remote control toy? Uh,
3: let me ask my wife and see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, nope. <laughs> And like I, I've been looking into getting a drone. Um and uh those aren't necessarily the cheapest things, but um I think it'd be fun. I think Oh, we should get oh, I wonder what Comic Con's policy would be for drones inside the convention center. Hmm hmm, interesting. Or even guess, clap traps. Yeah, oh yeah, we can have we bring in claptraps and have claptrap battles. Oh we can have, <laughs> we can have like like uh like battle like, bots. Yeah, battle Boss, We'll just we'll just tape a bunch of knives to the clap traps and have them bump into each other.
2: <laughs> I think that uh, will go against uh, the SDCC weapons policy. Unfortunately, find uh, them. There'll d- be plastic knives that are painted orange. Then,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, or just markers. Markers could
2: probably do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. So I've been super, super, like, completely off uh, the radar this week uh, on GeekScape. So when I heard the news that Harmonix Amplitude uh, reboot was pushed back. I was shocked that they were making a uh, reboot of Amplitude. So <laughs> that was news to me. Uh, Derek, uh, can you fill
0: us in? Where where were you last year?
2: Yeah, it happened last. There was a. It was like a Kickstarter thing, like a year ago. Yeah, and it was like this Josh big thing posted about it. Yeah, like multiple times.
1: <laughs> I, I I don't know. I I don't know. I, he just I, pretends to be a geek Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm a dickscapist. <laughs> That no, sounds...
2: one, no argument there.
1: <laughs> you guys, well, Juan and Derek will remember uh, very drunk Shane with Vine Comic Con a few years oh ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trying to get a DickScape exclusive while we were in the men's room.
2: <laughs> uh, Do you still? Is that Vine still up?
1: It's on. It's on Vine. It's on. Yeah. It's on my Vine. So That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, so tell us. Tell us what's going on. Why was it pushed back?
2: So looking for that right now. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh it's on it's on Geekscape. Uh, I could do it if you're looking. What? What? Okay. Off so thrills. back Off in thrills. May 2014,
1: uh, <laughs> you wrote the article. You don't remember anything from it.
2: No, I was. I thought Josh was gonna. it. Oh no, it, I, but... I was looking. I was looking for the drunk vine. Oh, <laughs> the drunk vine. Okay, so back in May of last year, uh, Harmonix, who was now independent again, took to Twitter. I mean, took to Kickstarter. Um, to reboot what they wanted to reboot Amplitude because Amplitude was awesome. I think it's still. It's still probably the most fun I've had with a rhythm game because it's like, it's just a really fun game. Like, you don't have to worry about like looking silly with these plastic instruments or whatever. And as much as I loved Rock Band and Guitar Hero, like Amplitude was a game like I could just keep going back to. And it just like, just how much effect it felt like you had on each track when you were playing. Like, it was just, it was just really stellar. Um, so yeah, they, Did the uh, Kickstarter back in May? They raised 840,000 of its 775,000 goal. So they're working on it. Um, They just basically released a statement to their backers uh, a few days back. So um, I'll just kind of read a bit of it. So they said, as you all know, 2015 is the year we bring Amplitude back to Sony consoles, so it's going to hit the PS3 and the PS4. Uh, while our expected release date, uh, according to our Kickstarter pages in March, our plans have changed and we're currently targeting a, sum- targeting a summer release. And then they said, why, what, wait, why? This is our first time working on PS4 and it's been a big learning experience for the team. We've put a lot of work into our proprietary engine to support some of the new awesome content we're bringing to the reboot. These factors combined have bumped up production a few additional months. Um... Yeah, in a traditional scenario, we're sometimes tasked with shipping a game to meet publisher demands, or in some cases, meet a deadline to make sure the game is available to be purchased during a busy holiday season. In this case, uh, in these cases, developers have to reevaluate production needs and make difficult calls to make deadlines, including removing or shrinking features, and in worst cases, sacrificing quality in other areas. So they don't want to do that. So rather than release a buggy game, they want to take a few months to make sure it's super take, polished and solid. Take basically. note,
1: Ubisoft. Take so, take
2: note. T- take note. Yes. Half the industry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everyone but Nintendo. Yeah, uh, so yeah, and they said, What's next? We're still making solid progress and looking forward to sharing what we're working on during production as promised over the coming months. They said they have exciting plans for packs in March, um, and then they will also have a far more polished multiplayer mode ready for packs um and then yeah they hope you can join them in march and challenge them to a multiplayer match cool so yeah not a huge delay so march to summer is like a few months but in any case we're getting amplitude again which is fucking awesome
1: i i never really dug amplitude i played audio surf on steam um but
2: did you it, play frequency for the ps2 ever
1: no no no, no. so i don't know i'm fairly milk toast, and it's like like i said <laughs> fairly i really what milk toast like, what the fuck
2: is that
0: I I think my wife heard you say that you didn't like amplitude through my headphones and gave me the Undertaker throat slit. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um. Um. I don't think uh, I, ever t- I. I don't think how you. Uh, how I. I don't think I ever told you that you're secretly on her shit list. Really, I am. Because because you never played Tomba, or you didn't remember Tomba in the previous one, and then now because of the amplitude thing, but most of all. Because you know that street pass that street pass um achievement where you have to street pass five girls in a row, yeah, like since like two since like the year after the three d s came out Megan never got that achievement right, and then we're not even at we just walk into the door, we're not even at the geekscape booth yet, and then she checks her street passes, and it's like one girl, two girls, three girls, four girls <laughs> Shane O'Hare and then the fifth and then the and then a girl behind you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, so what you're saying is, in her eyes, uh, Shane's milk toast.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, No, milk toast is like one of my favorite words, and I guess I'm using it wrong. I think
2: it's two t- words, actually.
1: It's M I L Q U E T O A S T. Okay. Um, and it's um, I'm using it uh, in uh inappropriately in this this taste, but um, uh, but but like I said, I. <laughs> i was tell her I'm so sorry. (laughs) That was, was, you know, that was the best convention for Street Pass because I I put the booth number in and WonderCon was like small enough um, that, you know, you could move around and it wasn't like as crazy as fucking Comic-Con. So I put the booth number as my greeting and I'm sitting there and this little kid comes running up, up to the booth. He's like, this Geekscape? Yeah? This booth, whatever, whatever? I'm like, yeah. He's like... Are you the guy from Alaska? And his dad comes around the corner and he's like, He had to meet the guy from Alaska. And I'm like, Oh, hi buddy, how you doing? And you know I, So I think I think we gave him like a child's t-shirt or something. So like, That's pretty rad. Yeah, no, that, that was that was funny. But tell her I'm I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about everything. Absolutely. At least we found
0: a way to lure kids to us.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, hey, you know what? A fan is a fan. And I am a fan of Phil Spencer for living, uh, living for wearing his Battletoads T-shirt at the uh, Windows 10. Um, Do you Hear
2: that, Shane? Do you hear that? Yeah, what? that's me clapping because that was really good. <laughs> that's some nice work.
1: So a few weeks ago, or a few episodes ago, we we talked about how Microsoft um, uh, applied for a patent for a uh, video game um, called Battletoads. Um, and then we didn't hear anything. So Phil Spencer tweeted uh, t- tweeted a few months ago uh, in November, which I think was around the time that that a patent application came out. Anyway, um, he said, "Got to play the new rare game today. Rare building a uniquely rare game as it should be. Great to visit the studio." Um, and then today um, he was uh, head that, heading up the Windows 10 um uh, event and he was wearing a battletoads t-shirt um um so when asked about it um he said to polygon uh i don't think i've ever worn a t-shirt that's been a complete head fake i don't think i have have i i wouldn't do that and they said uh so if it's not a head fake we'll consider it a confirmation of more battletoads and i can't be more excited um uh, mainly because that hilarious joke about calling GameStop and asking for <laughs> Battletoads is going to be valid it's going to be so valid like like <laughs> w- w- what do you, what do you guys and I would love to get Juan's opinion on this because he's a uh, more mature gamer and probably played a lot of Battletoads what what do you think a next gen or current gen Battletoads game could be do you think it'd be just like a like a glorified remake of the original or is it like he said a unique uniquely rare Studios game what, what do you th- what do you think um, they could bring to the table
3: if I were rare I would just make that first level a uh, long speeder bike level <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hey guys we, <laughs> you want to play the game well we need to get to the arcade and there's only one way to get there speed your bikes that, that's like so, that's
2: all that they would have to they would be like yeah we promise there's more game after this but they wouldn't actually have to make the game because no one would ever pass it
3: yeah but uh here's the thing um battletoads uh, it's it's funny because oops i look i forgot damn button i have to hold the button to talk anyway sorry it's just the disdain in your voice was just palpable uh here, here's here's the thing that I always tripped out about Battletoads. You had to pick between three, and the premise was you had to uh, find the princesses. Uh, if you see the person who kidnapped, like in Mario, Bowser kidnaps, and then you have Donkey Kong, King roll uh But if you remember the main villain from Battletoads, does anybody remember from this cast who the main villain was? Uh, no. No. There's the main a main
1: villain? Wasn't it a giant rat or something? Look up Dark
3: Queen. Right Queen? I Tork? thought the main villain were the rocks. Oh, the rocks. But if you, <laughs> if you look up Dark Queen, because that's how the, the story sold it, like you had to fight her. But of course, later on, spoilers, thanks, Josh. <laughs> but yeah, the rocks were, but if you look up one of the main villain is, the, the, the villain is Dark Queen. She looks like she, she looks like she should be on the cover of Heavy Metal Magazine. Exactly. But remember, you're, we're all like 11 and 12, and we're like, oh, whoa. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I I don't want to kill her. <laughs> but, I want to like, do her yeah, exactly, <laughs> and then you see her. <laughs> and then I looked up on Wikipedia. They had the picture, the screenshot of her. She goes, uh, she's uh, she's six feet tall and one hundred and twenty six pounds. <laughs> you know, there's some guy out there going, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> With like, it looks like like double E
1: like breasts and like a waist that is non-existent. And and she's she's, she's the per- th- she's the perfect she's the perfect queen
3: god bless um, early 90s science fiction females right yeah. (laughs) yeah
0: and like the funny thing just think every time we talk about battletoads and i think about it it's like back then games were i mean battletoads of course was was exceptionally hard even for the time but back then i didn't give a damn that it was hard i just kept playing it and kept trying to see how far i could get and i don't know why now it just seems like you know fast forward to today and it's like if a game's too hard a lot of people complain if it's too easy complain it's just one of those things, like, and if a Battletoad... That's why I feel like they, may, they might have to be careful. Of course, it needs to be difficult to stay in the spirit of the old series. But if I feel like if they make it too hard, then there'll be all this backlash. Because, I mean, look at Alien Isolation. I think reviewers gave that game low scores because they were saying
3: it was too hard.
0: See, yeah, know, it's gonna be interesting. Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
3: So, so, sorry, it's going to be interesting because a majority of the people who are writing for um, a lot of the major video game sites... Uh, I think there's the generational shift because I know myself, Jonathan, um, and I'll throw another buddy of mine, Andres. Uh, we all are in our mid thirties, and we vividly remember playing Battletoads when it first came out. And had I've a very
1: never f- played Battletoads. I'm sorry, guys. Seriously, wow. Yeah. Uh,
3: so I and, know and there's a lot of people who've heard like, or, like through their older brother or sister got a copy of Battletoads, but when it initially was out, it was hot as shit. Everyone was talking about Battletoads. It got so much like, good press on Nintendo Power, and, you know, that was, like, the main voice of video games back then. Uh, even Game Informer uh, – not Game Informer, I'm sorry, Electronic Games Monthly, that was the shit, too. But everyone was giving Battletoads, like, with all this praise, and it's fantastic game. It's super great, and, you know, I don't know if uh, – and that's not Nostalgia Glasses. The game is fantastic, hard, but fantastic. Yeah, so I don't know if a lot of the current, like, early 20s are going to, when they reviewed this game for IGNs or whatever, are going to look at it that way. You know, they're, yeah. they're going to see, like, well, I don't see the big deal about it. Like, some kids growing up now saying, like, well, what's, like, I grew up way after Star Trek. I never gave a shit about Star Trek. <gasps> you know, it's I really didn't. But then my cousin who grew up, uh, who was younger than me, he grew up with New Generation, and he loved that with, Captain you know, Captain Luke Picard but I was just just lost in the mix. I could understand why people like it, but I was never fond of it. But, you know, so I'm going to be very curious to see when Battletoads, assuming this is all true, let's see how the younger generation of gamers responds to this kind of game and and what their complaints are going to be. It's too hard or it's not like what I wanted. It's a reason why this game was never, you know, never saw the light of day in the 2000s or the late 90s. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what comes up from it. Didn't, yeah, they, didn't they
1: Didn't they? release, like, a, a Double Dragons versus versus yeah. Battletoads game? Yeah, they
0: did. Yeah, on Super Nintendo, yeah. In yeah. Genesis, I think. That's cool. That's cool. Were you going to yeah, say I something, Josh, they're... real quick? Oh, no, I was just going to say they have to be careful not to change it too much, too, because, you know, even though I love the game, there was so much backlash when Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts was so different from the regular games. Oh,
1: yeah. So. Uh, uh, JonTron, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with JonTron on YouTube, but he has a great... Great review of uh nuts and bolts. Um, uh, that I'll link because it's it's uh, blah. anyway. <laughs>
3: yeah, the thing with the the battle toads, it's for the, a lot of people that need to understand during the early 90s, the main like those co op beat em ups were huge. Yeah, I mean, Akari Warriors, um, fucking bad dudes. Oh, I had yeah. bad dudes on the on yeah. DOS.
0: Holy shit, yeah, bad yeah. dudes is Cat- so good. Yeah, you had Captain Commando, Avengers, oh, hell yeah. Spider-Man, X-Men, X-Men. Yeah, The they, Simpsons had a beat up
3: Yeah, all beat up games thrived during that era. So uh, I would love to have, and we've had like Xbox Live and PSN and, and even like the Wii U eShop. They have beat up games on their final fight. They even have co-op, you know, the, the Dungeons & Dragons game, which is has, it's just totally caters to the that early 90s beat-em-up. It looks like a Neo Geo game. Huh. Like Magicians Lord, uh, it, it's it's fantastic, but I mean it, it it's, it's a it's niche, niche now because the main thing now is first person shooters. And so, yeah, been hoping-
0: hiding behind a wall for five seconds and getting yeah. all your health
3: back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you, we need to get you playing some more Counter Strike because there's no there's none of that health back. You know that's a oh, that's no. a
0: man's game. I n- I never got huge into Counter Strike because I'd never had a working PC, but I played it at friends' houses a lot and I loved it to death. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good.
3: Um,
1: so good. After after I edit the podcast tonight, I think I'm going to uh, guzzle the rest of the wine because I had a really stressful day and uh, play some drunk matchmaking on Counter Strike.
3: That sounds a plan. <laughs> but I mean, this, uh, Battletoads, Bad Dudes. I mean, th- those the games are near and dear to my heart, man. And and I would love ba- to see Battletoads if, if this does well. That opens the doors for more games, new games that involve that. Fucking Streets of Rage, man! Bring that shit back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh. Did
0: yeah. you on on uh, Saints Row Four? They had a parody of Streets of Rage as a mini game.
3: Oh seriously? Did yeah. Yeah.
0: Where it was just like a. T- it was called. I think it was called Gat of Rage or something, and you played <laughs> as Johnny Gat.
3: Yeah. He walked
0: around a mansion, beating up people, trying to yeah. save his girlfriend. Yeah, I remember and, that. Like, it had like oh. the same logo and everything.
1: Yeah. Um I do wanna um we're running along, so I wanna get to one last thing. Uh if you guys are done with the Battletoads discussion. Good? Yes. Okay.
2: I thought this uh, was a Battletoads themed episode. Uh
1: no, it's uh a it's a memorandum of Club Nintendo Rip, two thousand eight, two thousand fifteen. Um <laughs> uh there was a very interesting um video put out by which apparently PBS has a uh digital studio and they released a video asking are video games too long, and um, it was a very interesting question. Um, the they cited a study that says ten percent of gamers finish their games, um, and even though uh, in Josh, you can attest to this, your one of your New Year's resolutions, all of our New Year's resolutions, finish more games, um, and you've been doing a pretty good job. I've been seeing you on Twitter and Instagram talking about it, but um, the argument that the uh, the guy um, I, I'm. Can't remember his name, and I don't want to load the video because my internet will just dump. Um, but the argument he presented was: people, uh, developers are expected to release a game that'll last you, you know, upwards of fifteen hours, and it's you know, it's adding a lot of cost and time. And then if they are up against deadlines, they rush it out. Um, Ubisoft, um, and I think it's—I don't know how I feel about that question because he seemed pretty adamant right. that. The video games were too long, and
0: um, and go ahead. No, no, sorry. Go ahead, sorry.
1: And I, 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 personally don't know how I feel about that. Um, my argument is, um, I will play a game to completion if it keeps me, um, keeps me, keeps me wanting to go back. That's one thing that I, I, it was so tedious about the Wii for me is that it was just it seemed daunting and tedious to turn it on, and I just you know never finished hardly any of the games on my my Wii. Um, but, like, I I just got to the second area in Shadows of Mordor, did a couple of missions, I'm like, this is, I don't know, I don't, I'm not feeling this anymore, um, but I'm playing the shit out of games like Destiny, um, I, uh, when Bioshock Infinite came out, um, I wanted more of that game, and that's why I bought the expansions, and I, I sat down and played that game 24 hours, like, like, in, in one sesh. So, I don't, I don't feel like games are too long, um, unless... The compelling content that would keep me um, entertained is at the last fucking, like, 5% of the game. But uh, what do you... Um,
2: wh- so do you, Shane, do you feel like it's not a problem with length? Because if the length, it can be as shorter as long as it needs to be to satisfy you, but it's more of a problem with pace?
1: Yes, yes. I, I would have to say pacing, um, because... Uh, like like Shadow of Mortar, for example got to the second area and just it felt like I, I just became a badass in the first map and like I had gotten all the upgrades in the area and I was ready to go and the next map everything felt more difficult and I don't know if that was just like me reading into it and I was just you know imagining things but I was like I don't want to like relearn this map and then just run around and I haven't fired it up yeah. since
0: Yeah, no, I can completely, I can completely agree to that. I almost, I had the exact same thing happen until I watched Megan get past me and beat the game first, and then I just would kind of drag myself to play it again. But yeah, with Shadow of Mordor, it felt like you already saw everything that there was to see by the time the first map was second, and it felt like the second map just existed for the sake of making it longer. And even then the game, even then the game was only like a good, I mean, if you didn't finish all the side quests and just did the story, it was still only a good, like maybe 11 hours or so. I would say. I think my final play time was like 15 hours, but I got, I almost 100 percented it before I beat the story. Anyway,
1: really, really, because like I, my problem was that I was getting my ass beat, so I had to like take my time out and get all the upgrades and you know level up my character, and that felt like
0: work. Um, yeah, that
1: that might have just been because the game was too fucking hard.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, and I mean it goes back to pacing, and I haven't watched the video, but listening to you describe it sounds more like what I consider more of a propaganda machine nowadays, where um, people in the game industry try to convince us that games are too expensive to make, which is why they justify the prices of the games going down or justify the quality of the games going down or justify the push they try to make every year or so lately where they try to put DRM on the consoles. Yeah. And, I mean, to me, it's it's two different things. One, like Derek said, when it comes to pacing... A game could be as short or as long as it needs to be, as long as it can tell the story and engage the player long enough to get through it.
1: Yeah, and then, but, then you're also falling into that that argument of um, what's more important in a game, uh, graphics, uh, gameplay, or story. And um, I, uh, there's a um, I'll, just quick aside, there's a YouTuber named Ahoy that does these amazing, amazing in-depth documentaries on tons of things from video games, and he just released a 45-minute one on the progression of graphics um, that I'll link in the show notes. Um, I think everybody needs to fucking see it. It, it, it was, it was amazing. but um, but, but again, that, that, um, that brings to that, 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 that question that like, what makes a game like compelling? And I personally felt like in, in games that I like marathon, like Bioshock infinite, um, which I would say is, I say the best game I've ever played. Cause it was perfect. Cause the, the combat was perfect. The story was perfect. The pacing was perfect the atmosphere was perfect. Um, but what, what was the, I felt like those three, three or four different um, uh, traits were evenly balanced. So what, what do you think, or, you know, anybody chime in, what do you think makes a game compelling? Cause there's people that are all about the story, you know, they play the visual novel games that, uh, you know, admittedly have no gameplay at all. Um, but then there's, you know, people that play retro games, which, you know, are, you know, um, are like, um, Games like Shovel Knight, which are, you know, the art is stylized, but, you know, ostensibly it's not anywhere near as good looking as, say, you know, like a uh, Forza 4 or something. So, what do you guys think?
0: And, I mean, to me, it's always going to come down to gameplay first and foremost. I'll go back to my example that I said last week or two weeks ago of Indigo Prophecy. Like, I love the story, I love the concept, but I never got past the first hour because the controls were such shit and the gameplay felt like such a chore that no matter how good the story was I could always just like look it up or read a synopsis and not have to put myself through 10 hours of garbage gameplay.
2: Yeah, I remember with that one specifically I fell in love with it so hard that I pushed through the controls because I was like I need to see like I need to get through this I need to figure out what happens um because yeah the the atmosphere and the and the story and the the choice system and everything like that it was just like it was just super different for its time. Like now you get a lot more of that stuff, but for its time, it was like a really memorable experience aside from the controls, which were, you know, they tried to do that control system to make it like feel less like a game, but it ended up just not being, you know, which is great in theory, but the execution was just poor. Right. Um, And yeah. And then just to me,
0: like the games that are the most rewarding are the ones that are able to blend all three. Oh, like I'm with Mario galaxy. One of my favorite games of all time. Um, You know, that's pretty much no story, but the gameplay just carries it through to the point where I just wanted to keep playing it. And then you take a game like, which at this point, enough times pass where I can comfortably say it's probably my favorite game of all time, but uh, Kid Icarus Uprising on the 3DS, it had an entertaining story, amazing graphics for the system it was on, incredible gameplay, both online and single player. A just amazing presentation that still hasn't really been topped on a 3DS game, let alone most console games. And it had a lengthy story that never felt like it dragged, and it was just all wrapped up in this perfect package. And on top of that, the lengthy campaign was lengthened by as much as you wanted it to be with hundreds of challenges that could take a good two hundred hours to complete. Really? Didn't did did, now correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't
1: have like some really bullshit controls, and like it came with like a cardboard stand so you could like. And then, open-
0: I mean. For me, I think it was more of the shock that the controls were so different compared to what people were used to, because admittedly, the first time I played it was at E3, and I picked it up at the demo kiosk, and I was like, oh, this is bullshit. This feels terrible. But then when the game actually released, I already had it in my head, knowing what to expect, and then from the time I bought it on, I never had a single problem with it. Mm -hmm. Like, not with the card. I didn't need any, like, cardboard stand. Or anything like that. So I think it was more that it didn't feel intuitive to a lot of people picking it up for the first time because using the stylus is essentially like a mouse and keyboard almost was foreign to a lot of people. Okay. And Mm. then there's also the issue where some people's hands were either too big or too small where it didn't feel comfortable with them. And I completely agree that with the CirclePad Pro, they should have included an option at the very least to be able to use dual sticks because more options is always going to be better. Not everyone's going to like the same things. And feel yeah, comfortable but, but with the same schemes.
1: That also that game was pretty powerful, um, like demanding on the system. And you know, um, you know, we found out a, a few weeks ago that the CirclePad Pro takes five percent of the processing power of the of the 3DS. So that might have been the case too.
0: Well, the thing is, it actually the thing that made it more frustrating though is it actually did work with the CirclePad Pro, but all it did was reverse the buttons so that left handed players could use the stick, but they were still forced to use the stylus. <laughs> what? So I mean. It, so it had CirclePad Pro support. It was just a ca- the case of Sakurai being so stubborn <laughs> to the point where he wanted to stick to his vision so closely that he refused to add that option. That's that's funny. But I mean, but but I mean, all in all honesty, um, even if they did include the dual stick, I think a lot of people would have been pissed off online because once you got good at the stylus controls, you were able to swipe the camera and shoot people so quick as opposed to just waiting for the camera to spin with a dual stick that I think a lot of people would have just been getting killed over and over again, probably by me. Hmm. Mm, okay.
1: Um, yeah. I want to, um want to wrap this up real quick so we can get to what we've been playing. But one, I would love to, to hear your point of view on um, if games are too long. What, uh,
3: what do you, th- what do you think about this? I think, I think it's all objective. Like as for kids, when we just have, you know, homework and that's pretty much it. The games don't seem that long to us, but when we have all jobs and school and outside, you know, uh, commitments, and then trying to find the time to play a game, like, I just finished Destiny today, and I had that game since launch. you know, like And it's not even a long game. It's not, and I just no. finished it, but I know people were complaining that it was a short game, and I know there's more content after the main story, but it's like, wow, like, that took me a while to finish. I have not even cleared their first level of Sunset Overdrive. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really? just, it's just, it's not that it's hard or anything. It's just, I'm, the, I get, I play a little bit. I probably just got towards the end of it, but it's, there's just, it's just hard for me to get time to play the game. So yeah, I could say that games are long. That's why I play a lot of uh, shorter games.
2: Yeah. But, I'm definitely, I feel like I'm in the same boat. I, you know, yeah, there was that time when you're in high school, you're in school or whatever. And and yeah, you're like, it's super easy to put 15 hours into a game a week or whatever. And I feel like now, you know, between, you know, I work 40 to 50 hours a week at my job. and And then, you know, I do what I can for Geekscape. And then, you know, I do want to have some semblance of a life as well. And so I'm lucky if I get to put an hour or two into games a week. Um, like that, those are good weeks when I actually get to play those games. So, um, yeah, no, I, I feel like I wish that I could play, um, I wish I could play more short games, but then, cause it's like when you play the, when you get into a longer game, the amount that I am able to play, by the time, you know, by the time I would even come close to finish it, there's been five other games released that I'm really interested in. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. But then, then again, that's my issue. That's that's. It's not it's not the developer's fault that I don't have the time to play the games or experience the games. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah. wish maybe I'm just playing the wrong games. I love all the games mm. I'm playing, but I wish that I could have shorter experiences so that I could actually, in a reasonable amount of time, complete them. Because I have this problem where if I play something for an hour or two hours and then I don't have time to play it for two weeks, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing when I get back to it. Why am I here? Where am I supposed to go? Uh that, if, sounds, you know, like, that it, sounds
1: like questions you need to ask like your pastor
0: or like a priest or something.
1: <laughs> Why am I here? What am I doing? Killing hookers. <laughs> Duh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean it like in a literal sense though, games are probably getting shorter because I mean like most action and shooting games are over within like five hours anyway. Yeah, totally. But it is a matter of just not having time anymore. Yeah, no, I can see that.
1: Okay. Um yeah, so um let's let's get to wrapping up and get it into um just two more things. Um the legendary lizard squad. Had their servers hacked and a list of the fourteen thousand two hundred and forty-one customers of their software was released online. So the never-ending story of Loser Squad continues. I'll put a link to the BBC news article on that. That's funny. Um, Juan, did you did you have anything finished up on um, on that? Did uh, did Derek uh, step on you at all?
3: No, it's okay. Derek can step on me anytime he wants. That's oh, maybe. <laughs> well, Canada is above us. <laughs>
1: Uh, But Evo, uh, in the back channel, the super secret back channel, you said Evo announcements. Yeah, Um,
3: Evo uh, released their lineup of games for this year. Uh, mm -hmm. Some notable absences, mainly King of Fighters did not make the list of uh, highlighted games. Really, mm-hmm.
1: isn't that isn't that kind of like uh like one of the games it's or it w- was was uh I guess a attendant attendance for that game like people it it wasn't drawing the people they wanted or
3: oh god like I think it was two three years ago where uh it was like Mexico versus South Korea Bala versus uh somebody from Cafe ID and it was one of the best fighting matches I have ever seen the wow. hype do- behind that was great do- uh, do- but, do- yeah that's that's not there this year. Do you think it just has to do with they haven't released a new one in a while? That's pretty much it. Just there's so many other fighting games that have come out. Well, here's the list. So the top so of the nine games, you have Ultra Street Fighter 4, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Super Smash Bros. Melee. No,
1: no, um, correct me if I'm wrong, and I've been slowly learning about the competitive fighting scene, but tell me, is is, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 has a problem where you can have... Like infinite, you can like infinitely loop your, your combos or your supers and ostensibly yes. just cherry pick someone. I saw a video that, of, from,
0: oh, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say that's pretty much every Marvel versus Capcom. Like the people always find exploits in those games, it seems.
1: Oh, okay. So it's just those games, not that specific title. Because I saw a video of uh, a, a match and this dude was like just sitting there and like this, this dude was just like juggling him and it was just like absurd. So, but anyway, keep going. So, uh, Marvel versus Capcom 3.
3: Okay, so after that, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, then, uh, Super Smash Brothers for Wii U is added. Guilty Gear X Third.
1: I love the Guilty Gear games. They're so fun.
3: Persona 4, uh, Arena Ultimax. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are really happy about that one. Uh, Killer Instinct. Ew! <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> what are they yeah.
3: doing? Mortal Kombat oh, Dex and Tekken 7.
0: Ooh. Huh, so two games that are just releasing or not even out yet, huh?
3: Yeah, two games that are the Mortal Kombat X and Tekken 7 added to the list. Um but the biggest uh, Blaze Blue did not make it, King of Fighters did not make it. But again, uh, those they'll probably be there as a side tournament and they will oh, wow. get some kind of time, but the the reason there was been some complaints by fan, by some Evo traditionalists that the I the fact that there's two Super Smash Brothers games is kind of like insult to injury. Mm. That that and there's no reason why they should have two smash games but uh to counter that if you look at stuff like Apex or Paragon where you had like what was it what are the numbers here like over 900 people in for the Smash Brothers Wii U and Melee tournaments the community for those Smash Brothers games are huge and 2 years ago when they brought Melee back it was i think up to uh, until Marvel was shown the highest viewed tournament ever Brilliant. On Evo history, yeah, and so I mean, it, it, there's an audience for it. The game is over what fifteen years old or ten years old? Yeah, it? it's over fifty. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's only getting bigger. So uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. But personally, I'm really happy that Persona is in there.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm happy I, that Persona is in there, but I'm really surprised that both Persona and Guilty Gear got in over Blaze Blue because Blaze Blue's kind of been carrying Arc System's torch for a long time in the last couple yeah. years.
1: Hey, can, Yo, can, I, can I can I oh, can I be no, so a, can I be a raging douchebag for a second? What's blaze It's it's
0: blaz blue. Sorry, pronounce no. blaz blue.
1: No, sorry, no. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> you watched any of the shows? It's blaz blue.
0: No, in, well, I don't know about the shows. I know that in the game that that's they didn't say it like that. Oh and fuck I know at me! Anime then. Ex, and I, I know at Anime Expo
2: the creator didn't say it like that. So I hate my life. You you just got told, Shane. I I hate my <laughs> life. <sighs> All right. Um, anything? Are you been a real gamer?
1: Uh, no. Uh, apparently not. Um, but I have been playing games. Unless, uh, specifically the Monster Hunter Four demo. Now, one. Is there anything else you want to talk? Because I just had to get that segue in there. Anything else you want to touch on? Uh, Evo?
3: I, I, I think I'm uh, done for today. Okay. Yeah. Perfect.
1: Um, so, sorry. To, you know, I'm just trying to manage time. So I'm, I hope I'm not rushing, guys. Sorry. Go for it. Um, but I think we've all been playing the Monster Hunter 4
2: demo. I only played it... I have not been. I gave my code to Josh. Oh.
1: But you get four and codes. I, got,
2: I, uh, I did not get... I only he, got
0: one code. He gave me a press code, and then the next day I got my four codes, and I forgot to tell him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's... Fu- I got four
0: codes when... when, I, when
1: Does I, it
2: have a tutorial in it? Because I played a bit of Monster Hunter 3, and I liked it, but I can't really remember it.
1: Yes. Yes, and actually. Yeah. Um, uh, Sorry to... Uh, do you want to... I'll let you tell I'll let you tell it, babe.
0: Oh, no, I was just going to say that it has an extensive optional tutorial if it's your first time. Oh, that's cool. So, because so Monster, Monster Hunter
2: 3 just drops you into it. And it, I like, I probably put a good 10 hours into it. And I was still kind of just like, I
1: put hundreds of hours in Monster yeah. Hunter 3.
2: If someone could send me one of those codes, I'd be rad. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. And actually, uh, we're going to be, if you guys, um, listeners out there, uh, haven't uh, been able to g- get your hands on the demo code, we'll be giving some away. Um, uh I just just uh, tweet us uh, at Geekscape Games with the hashtag uh, Monster Hunter. There you go. What do you guys think? Is that good? And we'll we'll yeah, start randomly perfect. checking them out.
3: Sounds good. Yeah, sounds perfect. good. So yeah, first come first serve.
1: Yep. Yeah, baby. Uh, so yeah, at Geekscape, Geeks, <laughs> at Geekscape Games hashtag Monster Hunter. Um, but um, let's just let's just cruise through it real quick. I played one demo. Didn't have my Circle Pad Pro. Um, kind of more of the same, but it just felt better and newer. So, what now do you, now you guys, know Juan and Josh, you guys are kind of the experts on it. What do you, what do you take on it?
0: Um it's it's a blast so far. The jumping mechanics add a lot more than I thought they would, especially being able to mount the monsters and just kind of hack away at them. Kind of adds a more uh, kind of adds a more exciting feel to it since the game admittedly, even though I love it, is a very purposefully slow-paced and kind of clunky game. Yeah. So, having more attack options and movement options like that are definitely a welcome addition. Um on top of that, the new can't even remember what it's called, but the new main monster. Say, the, say one, the last say the last har- one again, you kind of broke up. Oh, the the I don't remember his name, but the main monster, the hardest one in the demo. Mhm. Like he was so much fun to fight, but god, he was such a dick. <laughs> like he just <laughs> Like the way um, he just shoots like all these black mist clouds at you that drains your stamina. Oh. And on top of that, I w- and it pissed me off because the first time I fought it, I was hacking away at him for the longest time. And he was limping, limping for like seven minutes and he just wouldn't die. And the clock ended up running out before I could kill him. So really, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, so. but yeah, but I mean, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to get into the full game. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited
1: for it. I'm going to get one of the new DSs for it. Um, Juan, did you get a chance to play it?
3: Uh, I, be- I I. kid you not, I turned it on, I walked like maybe 20 steps and saw the two cats behind me, and then I had to go to work.
2: <laughs> All right, well, that's your homework. It is called a portable system one.
3: Yeah. Come on. You could, well, you- that's, where that's where I played it. But then, <laughs> to keep in mind, during lunch, I have kids who come in and play Melee and Project M, so there's like no time to play Monster Hunter. I-, I-, I-,
1: I think you just need I'm
3: not going to let some 14-year-old kids tell me that I can't play with peach <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wreck some bulls
1: <laughs> um, um and actually um looks like candy pants in the back channel um uh has a grim fandango steam code um I think I think we should offer it next week what do you guys think
3: I like that idea you go with that candy pants yeah,
1: perfect okay yeah so we have yeah, a grim, grim, with it grim fandango steam code that'll be the prize for next week um, we'll do another one of those, share the, the images. Um, but, so just get your, get your share buttons ready. Um, you, you, you just want, you just need to start, um, a silent reading time and then just, you know, you know, play monster hunter.
3: I, I think I do. I try to get monster hunter going, but, um, it's Pokemon, it's the Pokemans and, uh, the smash brothers for these kids. Yeah. They, they don't have refined taste. Well, either, no, so.
1: just like in your normal, like, you know, like fourth period, just tell your students, all right, read chapters one to 600 and I'm going to play monster hunter and you guys can fuck off.
3: Uh, that's how I got it with Professor Layton, so maybe it'll work with this one. Uh,
1: uh, wait till you get tenure first.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, tenure. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah uh, I know we put got a lot of games on there, but I'm trying to keep us in time. Don't hate me. Uh, Josh. We're never in time. Well, I'm trying in
2: to keep... In fact, we're already over time. Yeah, I know. We're...
3: I know. <laughs> I think it's just funny that we always talk about how we're worried about time, but then we just keep talking yeah.
2: about being you're, over you're time. Right. It's always like we're <laughs> 30 minutes in and you're like, all right, we're going to wrap this up. And then like an hour and a half later, we're still talking.
3: <sighs> we're that girl that you're going to go out with and she says she's almost ready and she's in their bathroom for another 45 minutes and she barely has lipstick on. Oh,
1: uh, dude. Megan? Holy shit. My friend was dating a girl that did that. She'd be like, oh yeah, come on over. we Are we ready to go? And he would sit there for... He's like. I sat there for an hour and 45 minutes while so she put so much makeup on
3: <laughs> we've, we've all been there yeah. dmhs this, this
1: like, what yeah.
2: dmhs what'd you say
3: nothing
1: <laughs> i'll hear it in the <laughs> local recording um but uh last thing on the games majora's mask 3d Derek. but you can't really talk uh, about it
2: uh, no i'm not really allowed to talk about it but uh can, can you, you s- talk about the n64 version Well, you see, I've never played the N64 version, (laughs) so this is actually my first, it's like Majora's Mask is like the one Zelda I've really missed, um, for some reason, and, uh, so I'm experiencing it now, it's really good, it's really different, um, it's super dark, which I wasn't expecting, but it's like, and some of the stuff is just, like, creepy, like, the, like, the way Link screams, like, when you put the masks on and stuff, it's just like, holy fuck,
3: Yeah,
2: there's kids playing this game,
3: like. It's Twin Peaks for Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. But yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. And uh, I think I can talk more about it next week. Okay, but cool. If not the week after. But cool. uh, obviously, you know... I- Obviously, a lot of people that are going to be buying it have played it already in its earlier form, and so they know the game that they're going to play. Yeah, um, I don't,
3: I, uh, Derek. I don't know if you should be talking more about this because uh, there's like ninjas staring at me through my window. <laughs> I have like a Nintendo logo. Why are they doing that? Those, those,
0: those guys from the old. We would like to play commercials are at your door. Right now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: they would like to kill. We have him in our position. <laughs> he will die. Please
1: understand. <laughs> no, no, no. Please understand. Uh, yeah, but we'll, we'll expect more on that. But let's get to the mission objectives last week. Um, we asked you, the faithful listeners, Geekscape Games podcast. Well, what was one game that you could never complete? Uh, Ryan S. said, uh, Team NT, um, there's been about a billion. Oh, he's probably talking about the NES one. Um, he said, I can get so close, but there's one hallway in the Tecmodrome that I cannot get past. And it's the last hallway, too. There's only two more scenes after that before you get to fight Shredder. Um, Nathan M said, "AC Unity. Uh, <laughs> um, I can't beat it because I'm never gonna play. That's what. That's me. That's Shane. But Nathan, that's the best answer so far. AC Unity because I can't get past the shit. He <laughs> can't get past the shit just like me. Great. Yeah. Great minds think alike. Um, but his answer is actually Maximum <laughs> Carnage for the SNES." Uh, even when I somehow managed to get past the first encounter with Carnage, this game somehow manages to stomp my face in the ground mercilessly. I've never made it more th- than through 50%. Graham H said, Skyrim, I put in over 400... I, almost, I want to say 400,000 hours. 4,000... Uh, fuck! 400 hours and haven't been beaten the main story yet. Uh, I would install hundreds of mods and make it real pretty, and the game went on perfectly. After several hours, of the game would become unstable, and i start from the very beginning again. Uh Matt Case uh, for the last 20 years, I struggled to beat... The Cantina level in Super Star Wars, really, really? That's a little disappointing, Matt. You need to fucking get back to that, uh, Dylan Don't belittle L.
0: Our listeners, <laughs>
1: yeah, you Now <laughs> this is your new mission objective, Matt. Fucking get an SNES and practice. Um, Dylan L. said, "Toy Story for the SNES. You, you die uh, and lose all three lives. Well, guess what? You restart the whole fucking game."
0: Um, oh, now, now that's my turn to say, "Come on, the fuck on."
1: Say again. Come, come the fuck on!
0: I said that now it's my turn to say come the fuck on and belittle our listeners. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I think I finished Toy Story in a day, like from twenty twenty video. <laughs> Man, <laughs> um, um,
1: our good friend Stanley W said battle toads. Uh, the first three levels are still fun to play though, um, and then uh, Lion Forge's Carl Reed, um, our favorite comic book company, um, and it should be your favorite comic book company too. Also said Battletoads, cursed Battletoads. Uh, then Miles H said, Middle Gear Solid 3, I had no patience for the final boss fight. I just turned it off and stopped playing on the PS3. I'm a PC gamer, Master Race. Uh, I should never have strayed. Uh, so that's I'm su- it.
0: I'm surprised, I'm surprised he was able to get past the end and couldn't beat the boss. Like, the end was
2: ridiculous. Oh, the end was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Um, and actually, got a couple more. Um, uh, our own uh, Fushna. Uh, Russell S said, "The one game I could never complete was XEXYZ. Z- Z- X E X Y Z. Zexis? XEXZ. How the fuck do you say that? Uh, it was impossible for me as a wee lad. Zexis. Has anybody heard of Zexis? Wait a minute. Is it for Sounds familiar, familiar,
0: but I can't put an image to
1: it. It's a Hudson soft game. Oh, that's the one where your little dude hops in like the tank. That's that's so fucking vague. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Um." So actually and I'm going to see if our good friend uh Jeremy Shepard had sent something in. Uh, while I'm doing that, um our question of this week is what is the worst game you've ever played? Absolute worst game you've ever played. Um and I'm going to let i let Josh go first. Josh, what's the worst game you've ever played?
0: Okay. So the answer I had going into this was the original Stuntman. Um really? mostly because yeah, because you had to drive through all of these ridiculous near impossible Uh, tracks, which of course is the point since you're supposed to be like pulling off stunts for a movie and go like kind of driving by all these obstacles at the, by the edge of your teeth. But the thing that made it so bad was that some of the tracks were really, really long. If you messed up once, you had to start all over again. And the load times, it took like two minutes to load every time you died. (laughs) So you spent more time in the loading screen than you actually did spending five seconds on it before you got killed and had to start the whole thing over. (laughs) But But when we were talking about Battletoads getting remade, I thought about how I'm glad Battletoads is getting remade now when being retro is kind of cool instead of in the early 2000s when everything had to be really edgy and extreme. Yeah. So um, it made me think of Final (laughs) Fight Streetwise. Like it was around the time where like Ratchet and Clank went like with Ratchet deadlocked and then Jack 2 turned him into like a gangster or whatever. Uh, What about like,
2: what about uh, Prince of Persia, Warrior Within, when they like put the metal music in and made him, like, try oh, to be more badass. Yeah, Godsmack was, was the
1: fucking, like... <laughs> oh, God.
2: And yeah, the first, like, it's I... like, like, because uh, The Sands of Time was so good. And then they and fucking And they changed his character that. so much just yeah. because they needed to make him, like, a badass or whatever.
0: <laughs> but, like, Final Fight Streetwise, I think, was the worst because I was so excited about a new Final Fight game coming out after all those years. And then I played it for, like, ten minutes, and then Like, you played as Cody's little brother, and Cody was, like, a washed-up drunk, and Guy became the leader of the Yakuza, (laughs) and, like, all this stupid shit, and it was, it was, I played it for, like, 10 minutes and then took it back, and then I think the week after release, the price dropped at GameStop for the Xbox version, and I'm pretty sure this had nothing to do with the quality of the game, but I always pretended it did. I think, but it was probably a, it was probably a mistake in the computer but a week after the game released the price of the Xbox version dropped from 49.99 to 6.99 holy oh, wow.
1: shit so. that's hilarious huge fucking disparity um uh now uh Derek you what's your worst game
2: well i try not to play a lot of bad games but i think that the worst game that i've actually played through um fully would be uh i think it was in like 2006 or something but um no that's wrong i don't remember what year but it was called it was lot the lost video game it's called lost via domus oh yeah um, oh yeah it was just i was I just that. super into it because i was a fucking huge lost fan and you know I, I i read the reviews before i went and bought it and so i knew i was like oh i'm getting into a shitty experience but i don't even care because it's like an episode of lost that you get to play and uh It was buggy as shit, and, like, the voice acting, it's probably some of the worst voice acting that I've ever heard. Um, like, like, the characters did not sound anything like the characters they were supposed to be, and, like, like, John Locke, he sounded like an old, like, prospector, or something like (laughs) that. Like, like, it's actually worth looking on YouTube, like, the voice acting for this game, because it's laughable, and it was just super buggy, and the story made less sense than, like, the ending of Lost, and, uh, (laughs) and, uh... Oh, but I played through the whole thing like within a like with two days because I think it was like it was like between seasons or something too, and I was like I just need more loss, I just need to get like I just need just need my fix and like oh it's such a bad game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah, I'm just looking at some of the screenshots. It looks atrocious. Um, it was bad
2: and it was so buggy and like the it wasn't fun and the voice acting was so bad.
1: <laughs> uh, right All right, now Juan, uh, what's your um uh what's your worst game you ever played
3: you just had me relive very dark memories my friend
1: <laughs> really of, of um, via domus
3: uh, oh god um, did you do the same I, thing almost um i had when, when i first started getting into um, video game writing and stuff like that um, one of the first games i had a review uh, was from 505 games back in 2010 or i played a um a game called Naughty Do- Naughty Bear. Oh, no, I've heard of Naughty Bear. Naughty mm-hmm. Bear. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Naughty, ba- Naughty Bear, by far, next to E.T. the video game, has to be the worst... No, it is, to me, the worst game, because at least <laughs> E.T. was based off a of movie, and for the most part, movie games tend to suck. Um, but, my God, these people who developed Naughty Bear... I don't know what the hell they were thinking releasing this to the general public. It was broken. The storyline was stupid. The kills—they—they <laughs> they all killed like you're a bear, you're a teddy bear that kills other teddy bears. You killed them in like three you didn't, different ways. That
1: you was, didn't really yeah. like like punctuate teddy bear that well. So it's like you're a teddy bear and you're killing teddy bears. It's it's all about titties.
3: <laughs> it's a, oh, yeah, God, that's, that's that kind of bear. But it was it was one of the most horrible experiences I've had playing video games in my life. Because I had to sit there and work my way through this game. And I prayed that this was just kind of a weird, morbid tutorial where they're punishing me. So that I get, I feel like I'm getting something later on. It got worse. And it felt like the environments were all the same. The The mission objectives were not clear. The map was horrible. The radar that they used to kind of direct you where they went. Because you would have to chase these other bears and murder them. But the bears would never show up on the map. And when they did, they would disappear. And then you <laughs> failed the mission, so you have to restart all and over. It's yet. your fault, and it's my fault. <laughs> so yeah, but it, it 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 was horrible. And I and I remember just writing back to them, like I wrote the review and I just ripped them apart. Says, I says I know you mean well, but god damn it, this was horrible to go. Through. I
1: gotta I gotta find that review on the site. That sounds <laughs>
3: that sounds good. I think like, this was yeah. This was I, I don't think I was. This was for another outlet because I wasn't with <gasps> Geekscape just yet. What? This oh, is before you guys came around. Oh, God. my God. Uh, it,
0: isn't that such an awkward situation, too, getting, like, a review game, especially when it's, like, your first for a company and then it ends yeah. up being terrible? Yeah. Like, like why?
3: Just, it's
2: not, like, did they not know it was terrible? And they're like, yeah, we're going to send you this copy. And then, like, you have to you have to be honest about it. And it's just like... Yeah, you have to. Why I mean, would they I, send you a copy of a shitty game?
3: I, and I and it's one of those things I tell my students. is like, if you're going to tell somebody that something sucks... Or that's not good. Tell them why. I mean, that's what the reason. I mean, they wouldn't give you a review copy unless, I mean, if they're going to, if a company's going to give me a review copy, then they're opening themselves up for criticism, good and bad. I mean, that's, that's just comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. Just like for us, if people thought we were doing a crappy job where we talk crap about each other, then that comes with the territory and we can't take it personally. It's just part of being a professional. You have to get ready for that stuff and hopefully you learn from the better. And ironically enough, they did release a sequel to Naughty Bear. Yeah, they did called Panic in yeah. Paradise. And I guess it received. I never even touched it. Had I, I wanted nothing to do with it. And but apparently got somewhat better reviews, but still crappier. It's still crappy as its first uh, game. So, um, thankfully, we haven't seen another Naughty Bear game in a long, long time. And hopefully, it stays.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, it reminds me of when I was introduced to Neptunia as much as I love it now. The first game was that one I was talking about before, where it was just all you did was move the camera while they danced, and it was the dumbest shit. I mean, <laughs> it was probably the worst game I played last year.
1: <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. No, you say, like, um, oh, it reminds me um, of this game that I reviewed uh, on the site, like, fuck, uh, 2012 called uh, Warlock Master of the Arcane. I got a review <laughs> copy and I played it, and I, like, it was awful. It was awful. And I like emailed John. I'm like, dude, like and this was back when I was fairly like new in writing and I like to be nice and only talk about things that I liked. But then I realized I have to be objective. So I was like, dude, this game is really shitty, John. Like I don't know what to do. He's like, well then tell us why it's shitty. Um and it's like it's it was it was so so bad. And this was like a release game and I think um uh, the last paragraph um in my my review said uh so what what should you take away from this game at twenty dollars and under two gigs this game is horrendously <laughs> overpriced if someone said this was a mod if someone said this was a mod for civilization 3 i would have said hey that one guy who built it all on his own he did an okay job for his t- first time around i did not enjoy this game so that was, uh, but that's not even the worst game I've ever played. The worst game I ever played was Two Worlds on the Xbox 360. Um, oh shit! Two Worlds. Me, me and my me and my friend Dylan like were wanted to get like a co- couch co op game, and we were at the store, and it was like it was couch co op. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. You know, it's like it's like Diablo, but with multiplayer, or it was like Skyrim or Oblivion with multiplayer. And we're like, fuck yeah! So fucking bad. Like the beginning. Like look up the beginning. Uh, cinematics for this game it is terrible Like, there's this evil organization I think or like if you're a wizard and you want to use magic you have to like <laughs> you have to master the art of the taint snoot and you have to be a master of the taint and so you were picking up these like things called taint snoots which I guess were like, like little roots and it was completely absurd and like we played like one map where we were up in the middle of the like top of this fucking mountain and there was these overpowered like Snow scorpions that 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 chased us for like 15 minutes down the mountain, and like we we jumped in the water to get away from them. But no, they just like walked on the bottom and through the water. Like they just they followed us to the (laughs) island we were trying to swim to. But (laughs) the worst part, the worst part was like the graphics were shitty, the controls were shitty. Like you had no idea what, what the fuck to do. But um, we were in the first area, and there was a um like this giant lava dragon. It was like this giant like fireball dragon. And uh, uh, Juan, sounds like you're on the you're hanging on the button. Hello, sorry, um, <laughs> sorry guys. Um, but uh, there's this giant like dragon that was made out of like liquid fire, and we couldn't kill it. So what we did was we lured it into the village, and then uh, hid in a house. And once we waited for the dragon noises to go away, he killed everybody in the village, killed all the guards, killed everybody. We took their like high level gear, and we we're like, well, that's kind of it. Like that's that's the that's the game. So, yeah, Two Worlds is my least favorite game. I
3: just saw that video, and I'm sorry, I'm causing a lot of interference because I have to tap the button to scroll up and down. So
1: oh, oh no, there's no worries. We got the local recording.
3: Right. Well, that'll be good. But my God, I, the graphic. that was a 360. <laughs> that was a
1: 360 game, <laughs> game and it wasn't even no a, it way. wasn't even a launch game. Like, let me let me see like Two Worlds like opening.
3: Dude, into- that looks like oh. that looks like PS2 like like, like budget it, title. It's so bad. And the, wait, did you say earlier that you had a master of the
1: taint you, you have to master the taint. You have to be a master of the taint snoot. And it's just like, and I, I think that was like the arcane magic, but it was just, oh my god, it was bad. It was bad. And so we were just like running around like us. Oh, so we must, we must master the taint. We will control the taint and all of its power.
3: You know, there is some listener going on like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like. i'm all about the taint um but it's are you sure it's not made by 505 games uh,
1: well see like 505 games makes some really good shit and i think we we didn't we have them on the uh, the main podcast a few weeks ago um i mean they make like sniper and payday 2 so they make some um uh pretty good games but yeah uh, naughty bear was a piece of shit uh i'm trying to see who made two worlds um uh, oh my god! The cover, the cover art for the sequel looks—it looks like the fucking Dark Queen from fucking um, what's it called? The Battletoads. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs>
0: brings um, it full circle.
1: Yeah. What? Okay. So it was uh, made by a company called TopWare, and I'm looking at some of their games. Some of my favorite games were made by these people: Septeric Core, World War III, Black Gold, Earth Twenty-One Fifty, um, uh, a bunch of DOS games, Jagged Alliance. Like weird. And then two worlds and X Blades. They made X Blades. Well, X Blades wasn't X Blades good, but it was just like pure, unadulterated like fan service. Like it was just a girl like wearing basically like a belt, and that was it. Seems like a game that, uh, that
0: you would know best. It seem, but but it, I remember that game. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say it seems like a game that Josh would play, which PC 360. I'm gonna have to oh, get no. it. I'm I, looking at some of the pictures I, right
0: now i regressed into my Weeaboo mindset recently, so no, I was too mature for that back then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it's, de- it was, it's developed by Gaijin Entertainment, so like, it looks like we gotta pick it up. Which, they're from Russia. Weird. Okay.
0: Uh, we are digressing in like a motherfucker. Uh, so, no. And, oh. and sorry, don't want to cut. Sorry, I just wanted to make sure that I could get a couple more um, mission objectives in, because I got some really interesting ones oh, kind of yeah. late. Yeah, go ahead. Go um, ahead. I'll just run through all of them real quick. Um, some douche said Amiibo Hunter and Pokemon. <laughs> um, um, Andrew A said, um, Endro on the 2600, uh, and, uh, FT, and then, um, Ryan G said FTL, and that Rattles game is hard. Said, that game is really hard. Um, Andrew said, Andrew for real this time said, um, NES, Castlevania, Zelda 2, and Zelda 2. Um, Dark Souls 2 from Carlos L. Nicholas J said Spirit Tracks. Spirit um, tracks? Like
1: the the Zelda game?
0: Yeah. Was that really like hard or is he just like not good? I have it and never played it, so oh. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Um then Raul A says Legend of Mana and Ogre Battle 2. Carlos S says Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden memories, which I agree that game was a giant bitch to play, but I managed to beat it somehow. <laughs> um, one of my uh Victor G said F Zero G X. Um, Hassan V said the Grandmaster Galaxy in Mario Galaxy 2, and then Xavier F said Einhander on hard, and Matthew R said Otogi on the original Xbox. Oh, oh, oh what? Otogi. Um, It was like this gate, these, the series of games that was supposed to be pretty good, or at least the second one was supposed to be good, I don't know about the first, but it was like this really early, close to launch Japanese hack and slash on the original Xbox. Hmm. But yeah, huh. I mean, I heard good things about... I played the second one a little bit. That one was supposed to be really good, whereas the first one didn't get a lot of attention. But but I thought that one... I thought that and Einhander especially were really interesting. I haven't heard those games in a while. And then <laughs> Noah, being a jerk again, said Jumanji and Mousetrap. Mousetrap <laughs> ma- mouse because it took lo- too long to set up, so he never played it.
1: Mm-mm. All right, well, uh, just, to, just to let the listeners know, um, X-Blades uh, is on Steam uh, for nine ninety nine um so i but it's got a metacritic review of 54 so um yeah uh, i'm just in it for the titties so i'm gonna be getting it and i'll be coming back next week to tell you what, what i think about it um <laughs> all right guys uh man maybe we should just make this a two-hour show
0: and say fuck it what do you guys think
3: <laughs> well i i would love well, but i actually have to go
0: <laughs> yeah well you know what <laughs> you know what? Jim Ross make his podcast is a crapshoot for how long it's gonna be every week. So if it's good enough for JR, it's good enough for us. That's it. That's
1: the stinger. If it's good enough for JR, it's good enough for us. All right, guys, so send us in uh your uh, uh the worst video game you've ever played. You can tweet it at uh Geekscape Games uh with the hashtag mission objective. You can put it on our Facebook, um, or you could um Tweet me, I'm at Shane O'Hare. Or you could tweet Derek, is uh, at at D. Cranerville. Or you could tweet Josh, at Enu Joshua. And of course, you could tweet the gorgeous Juan
3: Carlos. So many compliments uh, at the King of Mars. <laughs> All
1: right, guys, that's episode 15. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode 16, obviously, because that's how numbers work. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye. You're better <laughs> at
2: numbers than you are at geography i